Who's your angry news guy? It's Frank. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast, To Be Frank. I'm your host, Frank Lukaitis. Thank you for tuning in to my new show where I will honestly and frankly eh, eh, talk about the news, politics, and current events. For my premiere episode, I figured it best to be joined by the person who has to hear me complain about this shit the absolute most is my wife, Karen. Karen, introduce yourself, please. Tell the listeners how you feel about the news and how when I'm on Twitter way too much, you absolutely fucking hate it. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm Karen. So for the record, I'm just a regular Joe Schmo. I don't really invest a lot of time or effort into politics just because, honestly, I don't really like politics. I think the news and politics can just be really negative. Um, Also, as some of you may know, I'm Hispanic, and so just like therapy, politics was something we didn't really talk about in my family, but in Dating Frank, I've learned that it is really important, and everyone should at least be informed and knowledgeable on it. Yeah, so that's kind of the goal of the podcast. Like, it's one place for me to kind of just vent my frustrations and get (laughs) my thoughts out there with whatever is um, going on that I'm thinking about a lot, but also it's to try and... Maybe be able to inform someone um, who is like Karen, who's like willing to listen, but just doesn't really care to tune themselves in for it. I am by no means an expert in this at all. Um, I just try and pay the most attention that I possibly can as a normal person and just see what I can pick up on that's going on in the news and the politics, see where I can have some sort of opinion, some sort of influence, um, and just kind of go from there. So for the first episode... I figured that I would talk about something that I honestly think and complain about pretty much every single day, especially in the last year. This is something that Karen does hear me talk about a lot, but usually I try to keep it to a minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, But this time I figured we're just going to let it all out there. And that topic is how most, not all, but most politicians and their wealthy compatriots probably want us normal people dead (laughs) or at the very least don't mind if we die. Oh, man. Yeah. Thoughts? going to be a negative one. <laughs> we'll try and keep it upbeat. Try and keep it fun and lively, and we'll keep it going. But I can't 100% disagree. So with the topic at hand, then, uh, I guess the biggest example that I can think of, besides COVID, which I'm sure we'll get to, uh, but the other one that has really just been absolutely eating away at me is everything that's been going on in Texas. So it's... February 25th when we're recording this, so we definitely just got done with, like, a pretty bad month for winter weather. We got a bunch of snow up here in Pennsylvania, like, 30 inches at one point. Um, And then after that, it was, like, 5 inches here, 2 inches there, 4 inches there, a little bit of ice here. So it's been a really rough winter for us up here in Pennsylvania. Well, and not really rough. Like, like I, for one, I enjoy snow, and some people enjoy it. But unlike Texas... Oh, We're yeah. prepared. Yeah. Like, we have everything we need. We have shovels. We have salt. We have snow plows. We have snow tires. We have winter clothing. Everything that we need. Exactly. But if you're in a state whose entire ecosystem requires you to have... You don't need a snow plow. You don't need snow plows. You don't need salt. You don't need any of these things. Mm-hmm. So when you're getting snowed in, when you're getting hit with ice and your homes aren't insulated for it, you're going to have a really bad time. Yeah. And... um. From one of our friends who actually, like, used to live in Texas and now, like, lives there again. Um, 
he did tell us that there are parts of Texas that does get snow. But once again, I just don't think that they are fully equipped like we are. Yeah, not statewide. No. And so they have like massive power outages across the state. They mm-hmm. can't get their power on. It's super inconsistent with that. Um, everyone's in a boil water warning. Like all this sort of stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it over a dozen that um, died due to the weather and what has happened? I actually haven't, like, seen an official death toll mm-hmm. released um, with everything that's going on. I mean, I'm sure that it, I'm sure it's at least, I wouldn't be surprised if it was higher, but I don't have a number to report on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely, like, I mean, people, yeah, people are dying. People are scared for their children. People have newborn babies. Um, it's a really hard time for people. Mm-hmm. And the whole problem is because their energy and power grid, they've spent, in Texas, they spent so long fighting against government regulation that they decided it would be easier to just go ahead and keep their entire state's energy grid completely separate from the rest of the country. So, like, in the United States, we have the East Coast, the West Coast, and Texas. And those are our three power grids that are in the country. So, when something goes wrong there, there's no one that can come and help them fix it. And everything is so unregulated that everything was outdated. The power grid should be updated every, like, 30 years or so. Um, and it hasn't been done in, like, 60 years. So they've known for a long time that this was going to be a problem. If not this weather, something else was going to cause the problem for them. Mm-hmm. And so their water treatment facilities froze and people have boil water warnings. Mm-hmm. And again, like, they have no power. Despite all of that, the blame is being placed on wind turbines that aren't working. Because wind turbines froze, but, like, that's 10% of the power needs in Texas. So it's all that nonsense. Um, But pointing to specifically the topic at hand about how politicians and other wealthy friends of them want us to die or at least don't care if we die, uh, (laughs) the one area in Texas that has, like, consistently not lost power and is still doing really well is the Highland Park region, which is one of the wealthiest regions in the country. Not just in Texas, but just in the country. Um... So, obviously, there's an issue there of the wealth have access to cleaner power, to clean water. They're able to function better, and they're able to keep themselves going. But isn't that also, aren't they also the people that are getting billed these astronomical numbers? Not so much like the Highland Park region, because everything is the same for them. Mm-hmm. It's for people who, the reason that they're getting billed so high, so what you're talking about is like people in Texas whose electric bill was a completely normal amount, all of a sudden is thousands of dollars this month. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason being for that, because the way that Texas's power grid is set up is you can buy into the power company uh, to pay like a really low monthly cost. And then they sell you your power at like the wholesale price. Uh, But now because there is so little supply and the demand is so high, the prices are getting jacked up astronomically. So they're charging people four thousand, five thousand. Someone I saw had seventeen thousand dollars. Oh yeah, price. I've seen more of those numbers. Yeah. Jerry Jones, uh, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, if it is the same Jerry Jones, um, who's a super rich guy down in Texas, he uh, like was caught. I don't have the exact quote, but I'm sure I can put it up. I'll put a link to his quote in the video notes. Um, but he was quoted as saying something along the lines of like, "We're gonna make a killing off of this." Like he knew that they were going to make a bunch of money off of this just because when people are dire, they will 
do whatever they need to, to, to stay afloat. They'll do whatever they need to, to stay alive. And if that means figuring out how to gather $5,000 to keep their electric on when it's freezing temperatures outside and your house isn't insulated for it, you're going to figure out how to do that. And so they're making a bunch of money off of these people who have no choice but to either pay the bill or freeze to death in their own homes. Mm -hmm. Um, And with all of that going on in Texas, (laughs) now we get to the real bad guy of our story, Ted Cruz. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, The villain. The villain in this story. always the villain in every story that he's in. Turns out all of his colleagues actually hate him. And it is evidenced by the fact. So Ted Cruz decided in the middle of this power outage, who he is the senator of Texas, by the way. He is uh, Mr. Texas. He's very proud of being from Texas. Uh, He decided to take a family vacation to Cancun during all of this. So he was photographed in the Texas airport getting ready to get on his flight. Um, And it was found out that he was going with his family to Cancun. I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday that they were flying down to Cancun. Mm -hmm. And he immediately after being caught, told people, oh, no, 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 I'm just, I'm flying my daughters down. They wanted to go on a vacation. I'm flying them down. Once I drop them off, I'm flying right back up to Texas. Uh, That was a provable lie. It turns out that he had a ticket originally booked to come back like the following week. And then immediately after those pictures came out, he bought a ticket to come home the next day so that he could write a story around it. So much for Texas proud. Yeah. No, the dude does not care about people. Mm -hmm. Um, He only cares about himself. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I remember hearing of Ted Cruz. I remember, like, past things that have happened with him. But, like, for something like this to happen and for Texas to be going through what they're going through right now and for him to just, like, get up and leave, like... Previously (laughs) famous for being such a, a strong opponent of Donald Trump that he refused to... What was it? He refused to, like, endorse Donald Trump... He told people to vote with their conscience, not with their party lines, back when he had to endorse Donald Trump. Uh, So famously did not like Donald Trump. But after Donald Trump called his wife ugly and insinuated that Ted Cruz's dad was the Zodiac killer, uh, (laughs) Ted Cruz now all of a sudden loves Donald Trump to the point where he was one of the major figures in the Capitol insurrection on the 6th. So he's famously only out for himself. So he takes this trip down to Cancun and comes back up the next day after he gets called out for it, tries to backtrack his story as I was being a good dad. My daughters were like, hey, dad, we're cold. We want to take a trip to Cancun. We're out of school. Blah, blah, so blah. we take a trip to Cancun. To the Ritz-Carlton, by the way. <laughs> to like a very fancy hotel in Cancun. You know, just like everyone else who's cold. Not a little, yeah, not a little like Airbnb down there. Like just something tiny. Like they're going to a Ritz-Carlton. Like it is a fancy vacation Mm -hmm. that only a very rich person can afford because Ted Cruz's wife is a Goldman Sachs executive. So she works for the financial company. She makes a buttload of money. Or not even, oh, we're going to get a, we're going to go stay with family or we're going to travel this place. Oh no, we're just going to leave the country (laughs) because it's warmer and these nice And again, this man is in charge of Texas. He is a senator. It is his job to take care of Texas. Like, he's not the governor, but he's the senator. He speaks for Texas in the national government. He should be doing his job. So people called him out for this. He came back. He tried to say that he was just being a good dad and that his daughters just wanted to go on this trip. Turns out everybody hates Ted Cruz so much that his friends leaked to the New York Times 
their group chat that they had where they planned this trip. Man, that's got to suck for him. No one likes this guy. Even your he's own so friends. Bad. Like, that's... Man. So, yeah, he's terrible. So Ted Cruz's wife... That's kind of sad, uh, though. ...text everyone. It's not sad, man. The dude sucks. <laughs> sad to me. No, Ted Cruz is a goblin, man. Oh, my God. Also, his haircut is terrible. <laughs> he looks terrible. All right. So let's Ted Cruz, facts. Ted Cruz's wife texts all of their friends in a group chat saying not, that their I'm house. I'm not out here to bully people. You can bully Ted Cruz. That's why. The, that's why I'm doing this show. It's to be frank. It's not to be bullied. One of the or reasons not to bully. One of the reasons that I'm doing this show is to inform people, <laughs> also to get my frustrations out, and third, to bully the subjects of this show. So that one day when I'm famous enough that Ted Cruz decides to listen to my podcast, oh, no. uh, when Ted Cruz tunes into this, he's going to hear me bully him. All right. And then he's going to tell Jim Jordan to wrestle me. I do not stand for bullying, so. So, uh, Ted Cruz's wife t- texted all of her friends and said, hey, our house is freezing. Um, we have <laughs> our fire here, so like if anybody's cold, you can come by. But also, we're planning... Logical. A- yes. But she followed that up with, we're planning a trip to Cancun on this day for this time. The Ritz Carlton, it's $300 a night, which who has $300 a night during a pandemic? Goldman Sachs executives, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's what the unemployment benefits are in a week. Mm -hmm. So that's half of the last stimulus check that we got. How about that one? They're going to spend in in one night at the Ritz Carlton, they're going to spend half of the last stimulus check that we got. So let's all go to Cancun. Apparently, no, apparently, man. So they they got called out for that, um, and now Ted Cruz came back and he's trying his best to be like a good, good senator and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the stark contrast is that at the same time that he was out, he was everybody who defended him said, "Oh, what was he supposed to do? How can you help during this time? Like, there's nothing that could be done." Well, Which, by one, support the state you live in yeah, and not like, leave as a regular person. I even know that. He's complained in the past about how Texas should never have to, like, Texas would never have to do rolling blackouts like California does because Texas is better than that. We're free. We're not communist. Had capitalism work out for you, buddy. Like, people don't have food and they don't have power and people are dying. So people tried to defend Ted Cruz during this whole thing. They tried their hardest to say, yeah, he can't do anything about it. He's, you know, he's helpless. He can't do anything to help these people. At the same time as this is going on, Beto O'Rourke has been down there right now, phone banking with elderly citizens who need to be checked in on. He's doing wellness checks for people. He's working on the food banks. Like, Beto O'Rourke, the guy who almost beat Ted Cruz and somehow didn't, is down there now doing more for the state than Ted Cruz has done in his entire past terms in office. Um, And then even at the point where, to the point where AOC, who lives as far from Texas as possible up in New York... Uh, decided that she was going to do the exact same thing. She's been using her platform to campaign for raising funds to give to the food bank, to help people who need more housing repairs, to help people who need food, who need heat, who need clothing. She has put in all of this effort as well to do things, even if her feet aren't on the ground. But now her feet are on the ground because she flew down to Texas to go meet with community leaders and team up with Beto O'Rourke and do the things that Ted Cruz should have done but didn't do. Yeah. Exactly. Like, even as a senator, you're leaving your own state in a time of need. Even if you don't have that specific power to do things, you could still help out instead of just freaking getting up and going to an entirely different country. 
Politicians love going on vacation. When we get to the COVID stuff, we can talk about how many times they decided to adjourn and go on vacation while people didn't have money. Who doesn't love vacation? But don't go on vacation when your state is in is in a state emergency. Yeah, I'm sorry. If your job is to be present, you can't you can't go on family trips. Your family can go on a trip. Heidi Cruz doesn't have anything to do with the government. She can go on vacation all she wants. She just makes money off of bankrupting people. But Ted Cruz, you can't go on vacation, no man. Comment. You picked this job. This is what you do for a living. So Ted, if you're listening to this, which I I'm sure he is. I'm sure we're going to get Ted Cruz to listen to this first episode. I'll tweet it at him. I'll oh do everything. I'll gosh. email him. Uh, yeah. If you're listening, buddy, you suck. No comment. <laughs> it's just it, everything that's going well, on just, in Texas. What, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Why like, are you leaving? And that's the thing. Like, everything that's going on down there, the problems that are at play, um, they are indicative of a greater problem, and that is literally just that, like, there is a clear disparity between the people who are running this country and what their interests are, usually selfish, and the people who actually need their help. And it also goes down to the fact that Texas's power grid was allowed to function this poorly for so long, where their entire concern was just making money and keeping profits, where they did not repair things that needed to be repaired, they didn't prepare for this sort of weather, which... Again, if they cared at all about the quality of the product that they deliver, it would not have been difficult to do some sort of minor weatherization, but it has been so poorly managed for this whole time because they are only concerned about keeping their profits high. So as a result, this is what happens. When the whole system is based on profit, this is how things function because there will be a collapse because you're going to cut corners and you're going to be concerned about this. Mm-hmm. It's that, it's, it, it, that's all it comes down to. For this sort of stuff. So the people who are in charge of Texas's power grid and Ted Cruz, the guy who's supposed to be the voice for Texan people, uh, this is what you do. This is, this, is, this is what happens when you do not care about people and you maybe want them to die. Also, just another jab at Texas here. Uh, the lieutenant governor of Texas was the man who was really famous early well, on in We're not COVID. jabbing at Texas. I'm going to jab at the people who run Texas. Okay. Because like I said, Ted Cruz's buddy, listen to this podcast, man. But we're not jabbing Texas. Um, But the lieutenant governor of Texas, whose name, again, I I unfortunately can't remember. I had it somewhere. Uh, He was the one who famously, at the beginning of the COVID outbreak, said, grandparents are completely willing to die in order to save the economy and secure it for their grandchildren. So, Texas. Not Texas. You can't say Texas. Texas. It's not all of Texas. Okay. Well, the people in charge of Texas, you suck. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it a little bit more PG-13, but Texas, you suck. I think you can say shit in PG-13 movies, though. So, Well, once again, Texas doesn't suck. Just some people. Just the people in charge of Texas, yeah. (laughs) We have Texas friends, so. I hope the Texas friends didn't vote for Ted Cruz. I don't know. No comment. Yeah, so I guess we've we've harped on, we've harped on Texas, we've harped on Ted Cruz enough. I mean, like, I could keep harping on Ted Cruz, the dude's trash, uh, but I'll I'll give Texas a break. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it is, and it, that, that, that's the thing too, like, it is tragic what's happening down there. It's it's a tragedy. Um, you know, lives are lost. It's entire communities that are destroyed. Even for the people who get their heat back, who manage to make it out of this, their homes are going to be in disarray. They're going to have to do repairs for 
months, years, people are going to be unable to afford that sort of stuff because we're in a really hard financial time for people. And maybe even flooding, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what's happening. People's roofs were collapsing. People's houses were flooding because of the snow, the ice, the rain. Like, it's not, it's a really, really bad time for everybody down there. Um, so it is. Like, I'm trying my best to, like, make light of this by targeting Ted Cruz. But it is a tragedy, what's happening down there. Mm-hmm. Um and again, it's a shame because the people who are supposed to be working to fix it and who are supposed to be working to do something about it are letting it go largely ignored, undone. And as a result, people are going to continue to suffer like yeah, this. Yeah, my heart goes out to the citizens of Texas. Yeah. Texas, we don't hate you. Just Ted Cruz. <laughs> you hate Ted Cruz. I don't hate anybody. But I think also that, like, the entire sentiment that's going on down there of, like, people who are suffering and having a hard time and need some sort of assistance, um, it's just perfectly paralleled on the other side of the aisle. We don't just hate Ted Cruz and Republicans here. I also... Um, I don't hate Republicans. But yeah, but again, the ones in office who are trash people who don't care about us. <laughs> I'm not saying I hate my neighbor who votes for Republicans. As you can see, Frank and I, once again, we are not on the same page with everything, which also makes it kind of a little, what's the word? Contentious at times. <laughs> we have different opinions yeah. sometimes. But, you know, sometimes we have to punch across the aisle a little bit, and that's what we're doing. So... We are going to punch across the aisle and now talk about Joe Biden and all the trash that he has done uh, with this COVID bill. And again, granted, he's the president, so like the bill actually isn't his choice. Um, he doesn't control it. The House passes something and then the Senate follows it up. Um, but he's been like the vocal spearhead of this. He's the one who's talking about it. He's the one who is who made all these campaign promises about what he was going to do. And a lot of them are reflected in the COVID bill. Um, but reflected poorly because he did a bad job and he's backtracked on a lot of his messaging. Um, mm. And then as a result, people like Nancy Pelosi, mm. Chuck Schumer, Joe Manchin, all these people, because they don't have some sort of like a clear, uh, solid person to follow behind, they can get away with just like completely bullshitting their way through this COVID relief package in a way that's just harming people uh, yeah. in the long run. All right, so talking about the COVID relief bill then, you and I talk about this all the time because, honestly, as people who are living in 2021, uh, it's super important to us, and it's even more important to millions of people in America. Yeah, the citizens of America. Yes. So it's um, February 25th, like I said, and have you gotten a $2,000 stimulus check, Karen? No, I haven't. Have you gotten a $2,000 stimulus check, Frank? I have not. Listeners, uh, text stimulus check to one, two, Frank, if you've gotten a stimulus check. What are you uh, even saying? We'll wait and we'll see what the responses are if anybody's gotten a $2,000 stimulus check yet. So uh, stand by. We are manning the phones. A, B, Frank. A, B, C. One, two, three. Call Frank. All right, we got zero responses from people about getting a $2,000 stimulus check. Chai, you have uh, anything to say? Not even Ted Cruz, our most avid listener, text in to tell me that he got the $2,000 stimulus check. <laughs> so, clearly something is wrong, right? Because, last I heard, on January 4th, Joe Biden's entire campaign promise for getting John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock into the Senate was that if he got them, or if we voted and got them into office... 
that there will be no more barriers for getting this $2,000 stimulus check right out the door. They even advertised that with a picture of a check that said $2,000 on it. It was a professional advertisement that was endorsed by these candidates. They put all that they had into the idea of these $2,000 stimulus checks. Mm-hmm. And then... Or even even when he was running against Trump in the election. Yes, I'm going to give everyone $2,000 stimulus checks. They've always been saying it. Kamala Harris wrote a bill back in March. Well, even, not, even before that, which yeah. that's the worst thing about it. Mm-hmm. But back in March, Kamala Harris authored a bill... That said, everybody should get $2,000 a month retroactively to the start of the pandemic from whenever it was passed. And then for the duration of the pandemic, plus three months later to help people continue to stay on their feet when they adjust to the new world, whatever that was going to be when when COVID's over. Because we don't actually know what the world's going to look like when COVID's over because it's still here. So Kamala Harris said that. Joe Biden said that. Everybody gets elected. They're in office. Joe Biden is president. Kamala Harris is the vice president. We got John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. They are our new senators from Georgia. We now have 50 seats in the Senate for Democrats, with Kamala Harris being the tiebreaker if there is a 50-50 tie, which is really hard to get because Joe Manchin, that sucker, is really bad. Um, Yeah, so they do all that sort of crap. And then on, let me pull up the link because this one I really want to have the time for. January 25th, five days after Joe Biden is inaugurated in office, he says that he is open to negotiating, or quote, open to negotiating the proposed $1,400 COVID stimulus checks, end quote. So he straight up said, yeah, we're going to give everyone Mm $1,400. And their justification for it, according to Kamala Harris's Twitter, was that the last administration gave everyone $600. So by giving everybody $1,400, you do the math, 600 plus 400, 1400 <laughs> equals $2,000 of cold, hard cash that is apparently going to be enough to keep people afloat during this whole thing. So they immediately backtracked on their messaging for what it was that they actually wanted for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the first really shitty thing that was done by anybody. Even I, someone who's not that involved in politics, thought that one of the first things that was going to get signed was the stimulus checks going through. I thought right away when he was signing everything um, and putting everything into motion, I thought that was one of the first things that was going to get agreed, agreed upon. But nope, we're still waiting, and it's only getting negotiated more and more. Everyone thought that was going to be the first thing. Joe Biden made it seem like that was going to, like, that he thought that that was going to be the first thing. And it's not like it's... It's just so evil. It's not like uh, he tried and, like, it just wouldn't pass through the Senate. Mr. Like, I'm going to be a tough negotiator and I know how to reach across the aisle just gave up and immediately knew that that $2,000 would not get passed by Republicans because they don't think that people should be getting free money. Uh, because if it if you make too much money when you're not working, then you're not going to want to go back to work. But maybe nobody should be at work right now, and we should get paid to stay home, because then this pandemic wouldn't have been happening for so long. There's this idea in the government that it's, a, it's an idea of lives versus money. It's the economy versus safety. And we need to find that balance between keeping the economy open and keeping people safe. But we just passed 500,000 deaths. And granted... 
those aren't Joe Biden's fault. He's only been in office for a month and five days. So it's not like he was the problem with COVID, but he showed up in office and he made a promise and he hasn't followed through with that promise. And all the people who helped him to get voted and are elected and all of the people who he's said that he's working with on Republican and Democratic side, they are not doing anything to solve this problem that we have. Instead, they are bickering about which of his appointments they want to push through and trying really hard to get Neera Tandon involved, even though she's clearly not going to get passed and they're just wasting their time. It's just terrible. Like, by the time we get these so-called stimulus checks, like, what, are we going to be dead? Like, (laughs) I'm going to be 80 years old and I'm still going to be waiting for my stimulus check. And some people never even received their stimulus checks, their first checks, the $600, their... um, Even the $1,200. Yeah, the $1,200, the unemployment pay. There are people who still haven't received things. And people are suffering. Like, the South is in shambles because of the poverty level and not receiving... Um, the food and them having to go to food banks and everything. And then there's still plenty of people that are suffering because of this pandemic. And we still have not seen the money. Like even for our household, it is tight because of COVID. Yet we're still getting, I don't know, just led on by these evil people who can just talk about it and have wine and talk it over for as long as they want while millions or tons of people are just suffering. So you said they're evil, so I think it's time that you join the side of bullying them into <laughs> doing things for us. It's just evil. It is an evil act. Like, I don't care how many people are involved. Yeah, Like, no. make a decision. It's, it's, it's evil. Um, it's evil. And people are people facing... People are hungry. People, people are, are facing are... food crisis. People are facing homelessness. Yeah, they're getting kicked out of their houses having to live in cars. Yeah. Because even though there's like an eviction freeze and whatnot, people are still getting evicted. It takes entire communities rising up and barricading a street mm-hmm. to stop people from getting evicted. Like it's still a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, another example of how maybe politicians either want us to die or don't care if we die because their interests are still being served. Mm-hmm. That's why Nancy Pelosi is 76. Oh, I don't know how old she is. Yeah. And um, Diane Feinstein is going to be like 92 by the time that she finishes her but next term and gets reelected. It's like, like that it's idea. It's all just special interests. It's like that idea. As long as I'm comfortable, you know, like it's hard to think what other people are going yeah. through. Also, but it's just a freaking... lack of... Go ahead. No, no, go, go. It's just a lack of understanding from the top of the mountain. Like, when you're up there, you know, Treasury Secretary, old former Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, and it's that whole claim that, like, $1,200 was going to be enough for people to live on if you combine it with the unemployment. But for people who aren't on the unemployment and maybe just saw reduced wages, um, and they've been fighting for nine months to try and get the unemployment to go through because the system is so bogged down and it's prioritizing full unemployment, which isn't a bad thing that it's prioritizing full unemployment. But when you have a system that is bogged down like this and you've had a year to fix it, like you have to understand that there's more in play than just this this one single thing. Yeah. And even just more than the stimulus check, this COVID relief bill is like $1.9 trillion. It involves money for so many different regions. It involves money for small businesses, which I work for a small business. We're hurting. It involves money for schools, figuring out how to reopen them safely, figuring out what to do with that. Um, It involves money for the vaccine, for distribution, for funding, for all that sort of stuff, which vaccine funding is a whole different story that we can talk about, about how rich people don't care if we die or they don't care about socialism if it helps them. But 
like this this COVID relief bill, it involves so much, and it involves things that could help keep so many people afloat. It involves things that could save so many lives, and now we're at half a million people who have died because of COVID nineteen related illness. Yeah, and it's just once again, still a lot of people haven't even received the money they were promised in yeah. the past. And if you and you have people who are going to be forced out of their homes when this freeze does come up in the evictions. And it's just going to, again, exacerbate the crisis, whether it's the COVID crisis, the homelessness crisis, child poverty crisis, because now they want the child earned tax credit. They want to increase that. But now there's debate about whether or not that can actually get passed. It's all just partisan bickering and virtue signalings to try and say what they want and what they don't want other people to have. And you got... <sighs> just in the end, like, it's just going to be this fight over the stupid stimulus. And in the end, if we ever do get it, it's going to be like $2. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> like, like, okay, guys, here's your stimulus. It's going to be this long-running... It's three running, pennies. Yeah, it's going to be this long-running issue just for money that literally is one month worth of rent for people. It's it's gross. It's, it's a really, really gross situation uh, that we're in, and it's not fun. And again, it's exacerbated by the idea that, like, they don't... No one cares if we die. Because as long as their interests are served, it's completely okay with them. Um, and the people who do care if we die are largely going ignored. They're not being listened to. They're being chastised. They're being pushed aside. Um, when you see what happens in Texas and you see the energy crisis, now would be a great time to discuss something like the Green New Deal. Obviously, fix what's going on first. Fix the problem. Help these people. But it's a good time to consider why this happened and consider what can be done to adjust and to fix problems like this in the future. But it's, it's going to go ignored because there's always an interest at play and it's always people have a concern for themselves and for something different. And it's really easy to not care if a stimulus check gets passed when your net worth is in the, the millions, uh, even though your salary is $176,000 a year. So there's, there's no way that that should be a thing. But it is. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just gross. It's really gross how things are. But Certainly. To end it on a lighter note, though, that's not actually lighter, but at least it's not about people dying. Uh, The last thing that I wanted to mention that really hammers home how the wealthy people think about us poors is an article that came out recently from Wired, and it talks about how tech oligarchs are are encouraging the creation of virtual worlds as a cheap way to avoid problems in the real one. The, title, the article is titled, Billionaires See VR as a Way to Avoid Radical Social Change. Uh, it came out on February 15th in Wired Magazine. In this, they talked to a few Silicon Valley people. They talked to uh, the former CEO or former CTO of the Oculus, John Carmack, um, who was also the Doom co-creator. And he talked about how they want to use VR as some sort of like an escapism for people. So, like, the idea being that, actually, the one quote in here is really telling. Here we go. According to John Carmack, he very importantly said, quote, not everyone can have a mansion. Not everyone can have a home theater. These are things we can simulate to some degree in virtual reality. Now, the simulation is not as good as the real thing. If you are rich and have your own home theater or mansion in private island, good for you. You're probably not the people that are going to benefit the most, he said. 
Most of the people in the world live in cramped quarters that are not what they would choose to be if they had unlimited resources. End quote. So, he is acknowledging that people live in bad situations and life is really hard for a lot of people. And the solution for that, instead of giving people better wages, health care, oh my god, we didn't even talk about the minimum wage. <laughs> instead of deciding to do something about the minimum wage, instead, let's have everybody buy VR by making it a little bit cheaper. And then, if you're tired of your cramped house, or if you're hungry because you want food and you only have ramen, don't worry. Just put on a VR headset and pretend that you're eating fancy food. And as long as it looks real, it will apparently make you happy enough and keep you satiated so that you don't rise up and figure out where John Carmack lives. Oh, jeez. That's that's some post-apocalyptic type shit. There are so like, many movies about this. Like, that is There are so many movies about this. It's scary. The Matrix, man. What are we, in Blade Runner? It's The Matrix. Like, and the guy who made, uh, the guy who created Half-Life, uh, Valve's Gabe Newell, he even announced in, uh, to IGN, Gabe Newell told IGN in 2020 that we're way closer to The Matrix than people think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, science fiction endgame stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, this is... Like, oh, what? I'm really, really dirty because I don't have the resources. Like Texas. Oh, man, I can't drink clean water. Yeah, I can't drink. I'm really cold. (laughs) I'm really cold. Let me just go to this sunny beach in VR or this heated room in VR. Oh, like I need to take a bath. (laughs) Let me just take a bath in my VR life. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm hungry. How about we just go to the VR fridge and pull out some freaking hot dogs and hamburgers? The money and resources that can be and definitely will be. They absolutely, instead of caring about fixing something in society that needs to be fixed, uh, they're absolutely just going to take the money and invest it in increased VR capabilities. Like, that is the choice they're going to make. They're going to get subsidies from the government. So instead of, like, universal health care or higher minimum wage, uh, instead they're going to go ahead and pass... Something that is going to increase the production of VR. This is going to be their goal. Oh, I hope not. This I mean, is what they're going to do. But it, it, I mean, it's what they're going to do. I mean, that might be kind of far-fetched. Like, hopefully it would never actually get to that point. I think it's what they're going to do. I think before I'm we... I'm hoping it never gets to that. Before the minimum wage reaches $15 an hour, <laughs> they're going to be pushing for VR and everybody's I mean, home. at this point in this world with everything that's going on, like... I would be surprised, yet at the same time, I wouldn't there be surprised. Are, there are so many books and movies about this but where VR is the bad guy. Let's hope it doesn't get to that point. VR is always the bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that's really, really terrible, though. The yeah. whole thing is just crazy. Yeah, it's, Literally it's insane. Post, like post-apocalyptic. It's insane. Type. And like I said, we didn't even get to talk about the minimum wage. The fact that they were pushing for $15 an hour in the COVID relief bill, and then it was going to be $15 an hour by 2025, even though by 2025, if you adjust income for inflation and production increase, it should be around $22 an hour. Even though that's the case, now all of a sudden they're saying it's going to be $11 or it's going to be $12, depending on who you talk to, even though some of these people... They live in a state where the state minimum wage is twelve seventy five, but they think the federal minimum wage should only be twelve dollars. So, like, let's just take a step back, apparently, from where your state's at. And here in Pennsylvania, it's been seven twenty five since seven twenty five was the minimum wage. It's just, ugh. Again, no one cares. No one cares. Everyone could starve to death in their homes, and as long as we're not fighting anyone, they're gonna be fine with it because they'll have their money, they'll have their lives. Ugh. It's terrible. I don't know how to end this positively. 
Unfortunately, it is current issues. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I had like a snappy joke or like another jab at Ted Cruz. I mean, the VR thing would be really cool for people trying to buy houses, even though it's almost impossible right now. That's and that's, that's like, oh, you want to see this house, but COVID is going on and it's really unsafe to see people face to face. Oh, put on this VR headset in your house and you get to do a walk-in that's for the, the home you are trying to purchase. But it is almost impossible to buy a house right now also, because of COVID. So another, it's kind of out the window. Real quick, another application of virtual reality that has been used is it lets wealthy people go visit disaster sites. So when everything happened in Puerto Rico, Mark Zuckerberg was like wore the VR and uh, like toured Puerto Rico to see what was happening. Buddy, you have enough money. Just fly to Puerto Rico. Like... Be a real person. Interact with real people and figure out what's going on in the world. You don't have to put on a headset like a robot, but you are a robot, so it doesn't matter. Again, Mark Zuckerberg's definitely listening to this. Actually, that one wouldn't surprise me. He probably has some way to monitor all the podcasts. But just it's it's all it is is it just allows more distance, and distance is the reason why none of these problems are getting solved. Because the further you are from it, the easier it is to ignore what's happening. Well, it's just creating even thicker barriers between lower class and upper class. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about barriers. The White House or in the Capitol building are still surrounded in walls and National Guardsmen because apparently the latest release is that uh, militia members plan to blow up the Capitol during the State of the Union. Same militia members that were probably given a tour of the White House by Lauren Baubert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. If you're listening, don't sue me for that, but uh, they probably gave people tours so that they can view the White House and then kill people. So they also don't care if people literally are murdered in front of them. I mean, I don't know much about that, but... Well, again, you know, people just don't care. So many of these people just don't care if you die. I just think things, unfortunately... I mean, it's 2021. We've all been saying this every year. We're supposed to be excelling, um, but surprisingly, and yet again, not surprisingly, people just care about being on top and power. My favorite podcast right now is called Worst Year Ever, and it was very aptly named because they started it in the beginning of 2020, and the goal of it was to talk about 2020, and they realized that they never have to change the name of their podcast (laughs) because every year is going to be worse than the last. Yeah, I don't want to say like I don't want to say that every year is just going to get worse and worse, but it's just unfortunately not showing any change and taking so long with even like the stimulus and giving it to people in need in America, which is very much in need for that money. Um it's it's just it's terrible. It's terrible. Taking forever to lift a minimum wage. Oh, we're going to do it by 2025. Oh, yeah. Okay. When you get to 2025, what's going to happen then? Are you going to say we're going to push it to 2030 and so on? Like, it's just once again, people being too comfortable and 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 also people not being able to agree upon one thing for the better good. Bully them. No, Bully I, I don't. Bully them. I don't believe. Bully them. I think there's nothing wrong with being rich or or being successful as long as you are being knowledgeable and not ignorant to what is going on. Once again, Ted Cruz, very ignorant to what is happening around him. Or maybe 
maybe some people just aren't ignorant and they know what they're doing, which you always say they do, and they're just all unfortunately evil. They all do. They like, all do. Even Bill Gates, Mr. Philanthropy. I, I try to hope that people are just very ignorant, but unfortunately, there are people who do know what they're doing. No, they're evil. I mean, again, like I was going to say real quick, Bill Gates, Mr. Philanthropy, like, one, philanthropy is just a tax break for rich people. But two, uh, he was the one who pushed for the COVID vaccine to be sold to private pharma companies, and that's why this rollout's been so shitty. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, they don't care. Even the ones who seem like they're good people don't care. There's I mean, always a motive. I just want to give the best of the doubt or... The benefit of the doubt. benefit of the doubt um, to people, and uh, it's, once again, like that. Are people good, naturally good, or people naturally bad, which is a whole other thing, but... Nah, here on I want to show... give people the benefit of the doubt, but once again, if you're doing things like this, like, come on. If you want to be invited back on this show, you have to get on board with the idea that we bully the politicians and we bully our influential listeners like you, Ted Cruz. Oh, my gosh. Everyone, everyone wants to be successful in their life. Everyone wants to be a successful person and have enough money that they are comfortable. But when you're in a, a person in charge... And you're letting people down. Read the room, man. Yeah, exactly. Read the room. Read the room. And <laughs> Understand just, what try, going on a trip to, to Cancun be, means. Just try to be knowledgeable in what you're doing. Yeah, once again, it, like this comes back to Ted Cruz. Dude, you're the senator of the state. Even if you don't have that power to change things, help out as much as you can. Like Phone bank. <laughs> Food banks, man. Even shoveling, man. Like, if their people are stuck in the streets, get out there. Put your ass out on the street and get people out of that snow. There we like, go. Bully Ted Cruz. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. We like, did it. Do what you can, man. You're supposed to be, like, an authority figure or, like, someone to look up to. Yet, yeah. you're going to freaking Cancun. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's just people being ignorant. Or, unfortunately, hopefully not not purposely evil, but yeah, maybe. So, well, I think that was uh, pretty good. We really circled back to Ted Cruz and how much I hate him. Just, uh, it's I just, think you're unfortunately, he made a good example yeah. of being bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he wound up being, <laughs> being like, shitty. That's why he wound up being the focus of so much of this episode. Because, like, the COVID pandemic it has been ongoing and it is tragic for everybody who's involved. But at this point, it feels like such, like, a distant, like, uh, just a part of life. Um, and it feels so distant. And, like, the idea of getting any sort of COVID relief now feels so impossible mm-hmm. that it's really easy to just, like, give up on focusing on it. But this Texas shit is fresh. Mm-hmm. Like... It's fresh. It was avoidable. Um, it was avoidable. And Ted Cruz did the worst possible thing. And because I wanted to talk about how they might just want us dead, it was the perfect example of how he does not give a shit about the people who live in his state. Mm-hmm. Uh, or does he really care what people think about him, apparently? Um, unless you're a person who has control over him. But we are now going to be a Ted Cruz slander podcast. No. Um, that's not what yeah, yeah. To be frank is now a Ted Cruz slander podcast. Um, I think no. it's going to go great. So if you want to hear me slander Ted Cruz every week, please make sure that you like this podcast, share it, give it a listen, give it a download, all that stuff. Um, but in all reality, uh, please do those things because I do intend to try and put out as much content as possible. Um, 
whether it's about like a more freeform conversation about like a current event like this, I also do intend on doing more like deep dives into pointed topics. Like I really want to talk about, um, I do want to do a full episode about what's going on, like with specifically the COVID relief bill and the partisanship behind it. But again, like that feels like such an afterthought. I want to talk about ice because Joe Biden just reopened some migrant facilities. Um, and the capital insurrection, I want to talk about that. So like, and then just uh, current news that continues every week. Mm-hmm. So that's where I want to go with this. So if you liked this episode, like I said, give it a listen, download, like, share, tell your friends. Um, Ted Cruz, please tell your family. And if she texts her friends, they can tweet about it to the New York Times. It'll be great. Karen, any parting thoughts? Yeah. Don't be too blasting. You can't put him on blast so much, Frank. You're not perfect. No yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a senator. <laughs> no one's perfect. I'm but... allowed to be bad. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I sit and talk into a microphone. <laughs> it's just an example, unfortunately, of something rough that really showed. Look, I'm just saying no one likes the guy. No one. Not even his colleagues like him. People in sen- in the Senate don't like him. It was just a good example of what's going on right now. It anyway. Was, it's just unfortunately a good example of what has been happening. Yeah. Before I continue to talk about Ted Cruz even more, I think that is where we'll sign off. Karen, if you have any last words. This is why I don't like politics. All right. <laughs> so negative. Fair. That's a good point to end it. <laughs> to be frank. All right. Well, yeah. So this has been the premiere episode of To Be Frank. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, all right. Goodbye. Bye.